Hey everyone, welcome back to Since Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 1 Peter chapter 4. It reads, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead, that though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. As we jump in here to chapter 4, 1 Peter, we need to remember that he has built up an argument that he is giving to his hearers, his readers, about the way in which Jesus Christ allows us to have the perspective that we need to within trials. I mention that because today we're going to focus on kind of this rapid fire list of commands of how we're supposed to act. And so we cannot separate that from the premises that he has already established for us, or else we are just looking for behavior modification. Instead, what we're truly desiring is for this type of behavior to naturally flow out of the transformed mind that is focused on a Christ-like attitude amidst our circumstance. So as we jump in here to focus on chapter 4 verse 7 and following, we need to remember that we anchor our faith first in the fact that Jesus Christ is what allows us to endure the suffering that we have, and then these types of attitudes should be present in our midst. First of all, self-controlled and sober-minded. These are two things that are very much a paired idea in terms of our ability to control our bodies, our minds, and the totality of who we are. These are listed here with having a direct effect on our prayers. If we're self-controlled and we're thinking correctly, then our prayers are going to be focused at the right concepts. Generally speaking, when we're experiencing hardships or trials, often the first and most natural prayer is, Remove me from this situation. 
But as we see here in this passage and other places in scripture, that's not necessarily always the case for what God desires from the believer in that situation. They're not to be surprised about these fiery trials that come. In fact, they're going to endure them much as the nation of Israel endures the exile, much as we see and have seen in Sunday mornings, the call for us to endure the hostilities around us in these end days that we see from the book of Revelation. And so as we work through that perspective, we need to understand that when we are self-controlled and sober-minded, it allows for our prayers to elevate to the level that we understand more about what God is trying to do. Our prayers are not, God, get me out of this situation, but God, help me endure the pain, the suffering, and help me to represent you well as I do so. So that if it's not your will to remove me from this situation, that in all things you would receive glory through my situation. And so that is an important distinction that we see here by that. But also then it moves on and tells us to keep loving one another earnestly because love covers a multitude of sins. If you're talking about this group of believers that is going to be experienced suffering, the love that they display to one another and their ability to serve one another, to encourage one another, to build one another up as they collectively experience these situations is going to be important for them enduring because it might be that they're not all experiencing the same fiery intensity of these hardships at the same time. So they would take Galatians 6 and they would bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. They would have that sort of a mindset to be able to be there for one another in whatever way they could to help support and encourage them through that, knowing that they might soon experience the same things in their own lives. But they have this perspective of serving one another, of doing good towards one another, of using their gifts and using their abilities with the right perspective. And we look then at verse 9 to show hospitality to one another without grumbling. We have to remember that this point in time in the world, the world was far different. There were not institutions set up to protect and to provide for individuals who have been displaced. If these people are being moved out of their homes, if they're being uh, run out of town by persecution, they would often end up in situations where they would be staying with strangers in very dangerous places. But to show hospitality to one another, to show hospitality to these believers that are fleeing persecution, that are moving out of the different areas, that it is so intensely hostile that their lives are in danger, they're called to provide for these people, knowing that in the same way God provides for those people in need. And so he is going to use them and their ability to show hospitality to others as his method of providing for these people. So in all these things, the focus is for God to be brought much glory by the way in which believers act in these situations. And so for us today, we must keep that same perspective in mind, that we also are living in the end times, that all of the things that God has mentioned in the scriptures that are part of his redemptive plan of history have been completed up to the point of him drawing us as the believers home to glory. And so we expect that and we live in light of that. But in doing so, we keep our minds focused on the tasks that he has before us of representing him well in all that we do, of serving the body of Christ, of covering all of our endeavors with love. And so may we be the type of people that are found faithful to both the call of Peter here in this passage, as well as the other places in scripture that echo the sentiments of representing God well in our time as exiles here on earth. As far as a question from this passage, we can look down at verse 17 to see a place that a question might arise for some of our readers. 
It says, For it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. So in what sense is God going to be judging believers? What does he mean by this? Isn't the whole point of accepting Jesus into our lives, of responding to the plea of salvation that is given to us, and the desire to repent and to believe in faith by what Jesus has done on the cross for us, isn't the whole point of that so that we are removed from judgment? This passage lets us know that there is still a refining judgment of God, the way in which he continues to purify and to work through the believers who have been called and chosen and represent him well. Here it talks about the way in which God is refining them, and he's working through that so that they are able to be strengthened and to better endure the suffering that is taking place. If we look at the quote that's there in verse 18, it points us to a greater understanding of what's happening here. That quotation is a quotation from Proverbs 11. Proverbs 11.31 says, If the righteous is repaid on earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner. It lets us know in that context that the fruit of righteousness is life, but the person who brings about trouble is going to inherit the wind or to gain nothing by what they're doing because of the foolishness that they have. And so there's this comparison between the fool and the righteous in that passage, but then it goes on to say that the righteous will experience these unpleasant things in the judgment. So how much more will it be unpleasant for those who are ungodly and the sinner that is there? So the refining work of judgment, not a eternal judgment that is given there, is what is being focused on here in 1 Peter. And it gives us a sobering reminder about not only the way in which we should be wise and good stewards of what God has given to us, but also a reminder of the judgment that is there for those who are not under the forgiveness that is given by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And so that should motivate us to respond appropriately because of the love that has been displayed to us. And so maybe that was your question. Maybe you have some other question here from this short chapter that Peter is writing to us. And so whatever it is that God points your attention to, I pray that you would curiously study that so that you grow in your understanding of how God is revealing himself to you. Know today you are loved. You're